0: You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. Our sermon text for today is the gospel lesson, which we just read. Let me read a couple of verses recorded in Matthew chapter 21. When the harvest time approached... He sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them, more than the first time. And the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. When the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, Come, let's kill him. And they did. One of my classmates at the seminary worked for a collection agency. So his task was to personally deliver letters to people who had failed to make payments. He told all kinds of stories. Sure, some people he would go to once, they read the letter and probably paid off their debts. But there were other times when he would have to go to the same person multiple times delivering letters and and they were less than hospitable to him. Some of them probably, again, failing to take the warning of the letters, ending up in court. Some of them being judged and some of them even ending up in jail. Again, again, that this company sent warnings for them to deal with their delinquency and to, to save them from judgment. So we work our way through this parable of the tenants, we're going to see that, that God works the same way in many ways. He sends and he sends and he keeps on sending. Now, I'm about to take us through about a thousand years of history in a couple of paragraphs. So put on your seatbelts. Here we go. God created a perfect world. Adam and Eve, unfortunately, brought sin into this world. God was there for them and gave not only them, but the whole world, the promise of a Savior. Sin continued to accelerate in the world. So then God sent a person like Noah to get people to turn from their ways, and yet it continued to take place all over the world. And so God sent the flood. Graciously, he spared Noah and his family. But after all of that, it didn't take long for man to make a mess of things again. But God sends and sends and he keeps on sending. And this is where we start to get into the flavor of of the parable. Just as the landowner took great care to develop this, this vineyard... So also God did with his people Israel. The owner of the vineyard, he, he placed a protective wall around it to guard it and, and protect it. And in that way, God really did the same thing for his people Israel. You remember, they lived in Goshen, outside of Egypt. And then the Lord sent them the ceremonial law to keep them separate from from the other nations by restricting their diet, regulating their worship. He did all these things to, to keep them separate, to protect them from heathen influences and the heathen nations that surrounded them. God sent and sent and he kept on sending. The owner of the vineyard also placed a watchtower in his vineyard that someone could stand up on, get a a view of the entire area to see if there were any thieves coming to steal the fruit. God, in a way, did that for Israel, too, by providing spiritual leaders to watch over his people. But as it turned out, as he stood on that watchtower and looked over Israel, the problem wasn't from outside. The problem, the biggest problem, was inside the walls. But God kept on sending. He sent Isaiah with his loving invitations. Come to the waters and your thirst will be quenched. And Isaiah is the prophet who has more specific references to Jesus the Savior than any others. Yeah, God sent and sent and kept on sending, but they kept on sinning. Still the Lord kept sending. This time he sent... The, the rulers of the world, cruel rulers. And those rulers took Israel into captivity. But even in captivity, the Lord continued to send more and more prophets. And yet, how did they receive the prophets? In the same way as the tenants did, cursing, persecuting, and killing them. Those who were listening to Jesus tell this parable They had to have known he was speaking to them, the Pharisees and teachers of the law. As we work our way through this parable, though, can we also say he's speaking to us? You think about how the Lord has sent us blessing after blessing beyond our wildest imaginations. He keeps on sending. And yet we have to ask ourselves some pretty tough questions. Have we, like Israel, at times shrugged off the message of God's word? Have we, at times, like Israel, turned a deaf ear to what God tells us in his holy word? Have we despised and rejected it? See, this parable speaks to us, too, doesn't it? Like the tenants in the parable who held back the fruit, we have also held back the fruit that our master wants. And I can say this because it's true of my life, too. We fit the description of the tenants in this parable. And so this parable does serve as a warning for us because those who fail to to hand over the fruit will have the kingdom of God taken away from them. Yes, it is true that the Lord keeps sending blessing after blessing after blessing. But if we despise those blessings, he'll send just something different. He'll send punishment of the eternal variety. Fortunately, God abundantly gives to us and sends to us and sends to us more and more and more until he sends to us his own son. Last of all, the landowner sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. This is a parable, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. The earthly story is that of a father who sent his son to go save the day, and he ended up killed. The heavenly meaning, of course, is the Father sending His Son to save the day, and He ended up killed too, but He saved the day. Jesus spoke this parable on Tuesday of Holy Week, only three days before He willingly laid down His life for the world, for us. Only three days. He he was graciously giving those teachers of the law, those Pharisees, a chance to change their ways and yet, like the tenants in the parable who took the son outside of the vineyard and then killed him, only three days later, and these leaders took Jesus outside of Jerusalem and crucified him. Do You remember some of those tough questions I asked you earlier? I mean, have we, like Israel, ever persecuted God's servants, the ones he sends to us? Maybe not physically, of course. But have we ever thought these thoughts of of God's servants? I mean, how boring can he get? How dare he cut into my time on a Sunday by going past the 15-minute limit? How dare he ask me to get more involved in the life of the congregation? Clearly, he doesn't know how busy I am at this stage in my life. Clearly, the message that he's bringing to me doesn't match up with my human wisdom. Therefore, I'll have nothing to do with it. As we know, the tenants rejected the son and killed him. We have done the same exact thing to the son with our sins. But the son rose from the dead. And now, graciously, amazingly, he comes to us again and sends us more blessings. Now, how are we going to receive him as he comes to us again in his word and sacrament? Are we going to welcome him and give him the fruit he's looking for? May that question and our sinfulness not drive us to despair because the one who is sent to us, the one who comes to us, is the Son, God's Son, our gracious, kind, loving, forgiving Savior. Are we going to receive him and give him the fruits he's looking for? May that question drive us to the holy word of God to empower us and strengthen us to do so. Are we going to welcome him and give him the fruit he's looking for? May that question lead us to recall the blessing after blessing after blessing God has given to us. Are we going to welcome the son, give him the, the fruit he's looking for? May that question drive us away from ourselves and only to him. Only to him. It's really something. Ultimately, that landowner sent his son. Ultimately, the father sent his son to us, the greatest blessing of them all. He should have stopped sending blessings to us a long time ago. He should have stopped ble- sending blessings to us on the day we were born. And yet, he sent us the blessing of the Holy Spirit in baptism, like he did for Cameron last weekend. He most certainly should have stopped sending us blessings in our years of adolescence. And yet, it was during those years where He strengthened us and fed us with His word in catechism instruction. He should have stopped giving us blessings throughout our entire lives. And yet, He continues to send blessing after blessing after blessing as we are here again today. And guess who God sends? His Son. In the very supper he prepares for us. And we don't deserve any of these blessings. And yet there's another blessing coming too, even on our deathbed, where we will have nothing in our hands to offer our Lord. He's going to send us the blessing of his holy angels to usher us into heaven, the place he has graciously prepared for us. All these blessings connected to the greatest blessing of them all, the Father sent his Son. He deserves the fruit of the harvest. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us.